My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 169, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 29 through 33. Isaiah 29. Woe to you, Ariel, Ariel, the city where David settled. Add year to year and let your cycle of festivals go on. Yet I will besiege Ariel. She will mourn and lament. She will be to me like an altar hearth. I will encamp against you on all sides. I will encircle you with towers and set up my siege works against you. Brought low, you will speak from the ground. Your speech will mumble out of the dust. Your voice will come ghost-like from the earth. Out of the dust, your speech will whisper. But your many enemies will become like fine dust, the ruthless hordes like blown chafe. Suddenly, in an instant, the Lord Almighty will come, with thunder and earthquake and great noise, with windstorm and tempest and flames of a devouring fire. The hordes of all the nations that fire against Ariel, that attack her and her fortress and besiege her, will be as it is with a dream, with a vision in the night. And when a hungry person dreams of eating, but awakens hungry still, as when a thirsty person dreams of drinking, but awaken faint and thirsty still, so will it be with the hordes of all the nations that fight against Mount Zion. Be stunned and amazed. Blind yourselves and be sightless. Be drunk, but not from wine. Stagger, but not from beer. The Lord has brought over you a deep sleep. He has sealed your eyes, the prophets. He has covered your heads, the seers. For you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say, read this, please, they will answer, I can't, it is sealed. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this, please, they will answer, I don't know how to read. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, Who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down, as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, You did not make me. Can the pot say to the potter, You know nothing. In a very short time will not Lebanon be turned into a fertile field, and the fertile field seem like a forest. In that day the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of the gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind will see." Once more, the humble will rejoice in the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. The ruthless will vanish. The mockers will disappear. All who have an eye for evil will be cut down. Those who, with a word, make someone out to be guilty, who ensnare the defender in court, and with false testimony deprive the innocent of justice. Therefore, this is what the Lord, who redeemed Abraham, says to the descendants of Jacob. No longer will Jacob be ashamed. No longer will their faces grow pale. 
When they see among them their children the work of my hand, they will keep my name holy. They will acknowledge the holiness of the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who are wayward in spirit will gain understanding. Those who complain will accept instruction. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace, though you have officials in Zoan and their envoys have arrived in Hanes. Everyone will be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. A prophecy concerning the animals of the Negev. Through a land of hardship and distress, of lions and lionesses, of adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys' backs, their treasures on the humps of camels, to that unprofitable nation, to Egypt, whose help is utterly useless. Therefore I call her, Rahab, to do nothing. Go now, write it on a tablet for them, inscribe it on a scroll, that for the days to come it may be an everlasting witness. For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, See no more visions, and to the prophets, Give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things, prophesy illusions, leave this way, get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message, relied on oppression and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall, cracked and bulging, that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery, shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces not a fragment will be found for taking coals, coils from a hearth, or scooping water out of a cistern. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you have none of it. You said no one will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away. Till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hillside. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. People of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, Away with you. He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground, and the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. And that day your cattle will graze in broad meadows. The oxen and donkeys that work the soil will eat fodder and mash, spread out with fork and shovel. In the day of great slaughter, when the towers fall, streams of water will flow on every high mountain and every lofty hill. 
The moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven full days, when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. See, the name of the Lord comes from afar. With burning anger and dense clouds of smoke, his lips are full of wrath, and his tongue is a consuming fire. His breath is like a rushing torrent, rising up to the neck. He shakes the nations in the sieve of destruction. He places in the jaws of the peoples a bit that leads them astray. And you will sing as on the night you celebrate a holy festival. Your hearts will rejoice as when people playing pipes go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. The Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloudbursts, thunderstorm, and hail. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod, he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. Topheth has long been prepared. It has been made ready for the king. Its fire pit has been made deep and wide with an abundance of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of burning sulfur, sets it ablaze. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Yet he too is wise and can bring disaster. He does not take back his word. He will rise up against that wicked nation, against those who help evildoers. But the Egyptians are mere mortals and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, those who help will stumble. Those who are helped will fall. All will perish together. This is what the Lord says to me. As a lion growls, a great lion over its prey, and though a whole band of shepherds is called together against it, it is not frightened by their shouts or disturbed by their clamor. So the Lord Almighty will come down to do battle on Mount Zion and on its heights like birds hovering overhead. The Lord Almighty will shield Jerusalem. He will shield it and deliver it. He will pass over it and will rescue it. Return, you Israelites, to the one you have so greatly revolted against. For in that day, every one of you will reject the idols of silver and gold your sinful hands have made. Assyria will fall by no human sword. A sword not of mortals will devour them. They will flee beyond the sword, and their young men will be put to forced labor. Their stronghold will fall because of terror. At the sight of the battle standard, their commanders will panic, declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, whose furnace is in Jerusalem. See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand, and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear." No longer will a fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly respected. For fools speak folly. Their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. The hungry they leave empty, and from the thirsty they withhold water. Scoundrels used wicked methods. They make up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies. Even when the plea of the needy is just, but the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand." 
You women who are so complacent, rise up and listen to me. You daughters who feel secure, hear what I have to say. In little more than a year, you who feel secure will tremble. The grape harvest will fail and the harvest of fruit will not come. Tremble, you complacent women. Shudder, you daughters who feel secure. Strip off your fine clothes and wrap yourselves in rags. Beat your breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vines, and for the land of my people, a land overgrown with thorns and briars. Yes, mourn from all houses of merriment and for this city of revelry. The fortress will be abandoned, the noisy city deserted. Citadel and watchtower watchtower will become a wasteland forever. The delight of donkeys, a pasture for flocks, till the spirit is poured on us from on high. The desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. The Lord's just will dwell in the desert. His righteousness live in the fertile field. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Though hail flattened the forest and the city is leveled completely, how blessed you will be, sowing your seed by every stream and letting your cattle and donkeys range free. Woe to you, destroyer, you who have not been destroyed. Woe to you, betrayer, you who have not been betrayed. When you stop destroying, you will be destroyed. When you stop betraying, you will be betrayed. Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. At the uproar of your army, the peoples flee. When you rise up, the nations scatter. Your plunder, O nations, is harvested as by young locusts. Like a swarm of locusts, people pounce on it. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation of your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Look, their brave men cry aloud in the streets. The envoys of peace weep bitterly. The highways are deserted. No travelers are on the roads. The treaty is broken. Its witnesses are despised. No one is respected. The land dries up and wastes away. Lebanon is ashamed and withers. Sharon is like the Arabah, and the Bashan and Carmel drop their leaves. Now will I arise, says the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I be lifted up. You conceive chafe, you give birth to straw, your breath is a fire that consumes you. The peoples will be burned to ashes. Like cut thorn bushes, they will be set ablaze. You who are far away, hear what I have done. You who are near, acknowledge my power. The sinner in Zion are terrified. Trembling grips the godless. Who of us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting burning? Those who walk righteously and speak what is right, who reject gain from extortion and keep their hands from accepting bribes, who stop their ears against plots of murder and shut their eyes against contemplating evil, they are the ones who will dwell on the heights, whose refuge will be the mountain fortress. Their bread will be supplied and water will not fail them. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty and view a land that stretches far. In your thoughts you will ponder the former terror. Where is that chief officer? 
Where is the one who took the revenue? Where is the officer in charge of the towers? You will see those arrogant people no more, people whose speech is obscure, whose language is strange and incomprehensible. Look on Zion, the city of our festivals. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful abode, a tent that will not be moved. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes broken. There the Lord will be our mighty one. It will be like a place of broad rivers and streams. No galley with oars will rid them. No mighty ship will sail them. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. Your rigging hands lose. The mast is not held secure. The seal is not spread. Then an abundance of spoils will be divided, and even the lame will carry off plunder. No one living in Zion will say, I am ill, and the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. Woe to David's city. Ariel, and in Hebrew, Ariel has two parts. Ari, meaning lion, and El, meaning God. So the Hebrew interpretation of Ariel is Lion of God, and it alludes to Jerusalem and the altar. And those of us who read ahead know that Jesus will come. And if you look at a map of Jerusalem in that time and the key sites where Jesus taught in the temple, where he had his last Passover, where he prayed and was taken in custody, where he was put on trial, where he was put to death, and where he was buried and raised again, and see where he ascended, it brings to life, the image for me of what Psalms 139 verse 5 says. In the CSB version of the Bible, it reads, You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. In the NIV, it reads, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. The message version reads, I look behind me, and you're there. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much too wonderful. I can't take it all in. I think of Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This reminder is important to me against the backdrop of the words of the prophet Isaiah here, which are of accusation. Remember, the Lord says in chapter 29, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Judgment is coming against his city, his people, for their false wisdom and misuse of intelligence that leads them into what is described as blindness that seems to be connected to a ruthlessness and mockery that leads to evil. Two, I remember, are ensnaring the defender in court and bringing false testimony to deprive the innocent of justice. The Lord is saying here, this evil will not, I will not allow it to endure. He will purge it, end it. And in the end, a remnant, descendants of Abraham, Jacob, David, will remain and they will bear God's name, keeping it, putting his name and his works on display. Wayward spirits will understand, and those who complain will receive instruction, as they acknowledge and stand in awe of the Lord. Then, in chapter 30, we go back to the woes, the accusations and judgment, against obstinate, hard hearts that carry out plans which are not His, and carry out alliances which are not in His Spirit, but from the examples, a spirit of self-preservation, putting their trust in the empire. 
We've read this before, right? The temptation to accumulate wives, wealth, horses, chariots, to make alliances and putting faith in a peace that we falsely feel we can control and create self-preservation through interdependence with each other instead of interdependence with God, knowing our place as influencers, not controllers. I don't think the point is that we cannot use strategy, but that our strategy is submitted to His will, keeping His boundaries and not aligning and exposing ourselves and those we lead away from the Lord and the story, His ways. I think of David and how he constantly went to God for answers of if, when, how, when it came to strategy and response, and that we focus our hearts in Shema, the kind that transforms our behavior. And while profit and peace, as we understand it, may be a nice outcome, and we may receive it, it's it's still a vapor though. We cannot control it, we steward it, we influence it, but this is God's. It's a gift that we're to use to bless others, and therefore we remain in that posture of genuflection, submitted to God, and even if or when it doesn't make sense based on our own understanding, that we have that sensitivity that if the Lord says, start, stop, go, don't go, or do a specific thing in a specific way, that we will do it as it's aligned with the Word of God. And we know Him to be that we focus on our being and becoming a kingdom of priests and not letting a moment shift our eyes, hearts, or behavior from our missional purpose. We get a lot of woe in this story today, but we also get a glimmer of hope. Chapter 32 talks about a king, as Dr. Mackey describes, a suffering servant king who will rule and provide shelter and refuge, regardless of season or circumstance, as we recognize that God will not let evil endure and we may feel the effects of the judgment and shake out our hearts that God is also compassionate. His love abounds and he's slow to anger, giving potential to his people, to Shiva, turn back to return to him, to take their rightful place that he designed as vice regents, brand ambassadors in his missional story, to restore, to right side the world away from an empire kingdom, to a kingdom of Shalom. He's called us into the story and it's still unfolding today. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.